Original content. Content. Compelling discussions. Audio on demand. This is a Podcast 225 production. The issues. What's going on now? What's happening in the state? The people. Carl Dabity. We've got Michael Shingleton. Taylor Moore. Jay Darden. Congressman Garrett Gray. Richard Condon. He is Ryan Clark. Sharon Weston Broom. The podcast. And we're going to talk about that. This is The Clay Young Show. Thanks, Neil. Welcome back to The Clay Young Show here on podcast225.com and on the Apple Podcast app. Quite the time we're living in right now, right? As many of you are listening to this show, you obviously know about COVID-19, the virus that has been sweeping the planet and causing hysteria, known as the coronavirus, as we are now in the days after. And in fact, as we record this episode of the show, it is the afternoon after the president addressed the nation and talked about precautions that have been taking, uh, taken restricting travel into the country from Europe and giving people direction on what they can do. You've seen the hit on the financial markets, and people are afraid. But I will tell you, like I tell people here in Louisiana during hurricane season when a storm enters the Gulf, and that is panic doesn't do anything but make things worse. And so if you don't know about COVID-19, if you're listening and wondering what is it, what is it, what is it, what are some symptoms of it? Fever, a cough you can't get rid of, shortness of breath. If you get infected, stay at home, don't go to the office, don't go to work, right? You could infect other people, call your physician, primary care, to find out uh, what you should do from there. And then you can look up some information. You know, the CDC is telling people to do things like avoid contact with sick people, uh, avoid touching your eyes, nose, or mouth with unwashed hands. Clean your hands often by washing them with soap and water for at least 20 seconds or using an alcohol-based hand sanitizer that contains 60% to 95% alcohol. It's a pretty crazy thing right now, but I think with all of the information that is out there, it should be helpful to those of you who are moving around and dealing with people on a on a regular basis. Speaking of what we see here with Corona, our guest first guest on this edition of the Clay Young Show is George Bell, who is the chief executive officer of the Capital Area United Way. It is a multi parish we call our our county's parishes here, as you've heard me say, a multi-parish area that serves the citizenry in a number of ways. And he will be in here to talk with you about that. He'll talk about some of the work that they've done, but, (laughs) and I texted him about this and as as time allows, and well, not time allows, we're going to jump right into it. We're going to talk about what this virus is going to do to the region and what United Way's plans are to address it. And there are, multiple services provided by this agency. So pay attention when he is here. He will share all of that with you in mere moments. We're also going to talk with Jonathan Holloway, who is a candidate for city court judge in Baton Rouge. I've known him, known him a long time, and he is going to talk about why he's doing it, but 
knowing Jonathan, he'll talk more about the importance of doing it. And we'll, he'll come in for a few minutes and sit in the studio and we'll chat about it. Look, in my building, I've got hand sanitizer by the door. When you walk in, I keep it in, in, in multiple rooms. I got it in all my vehicles. I've been practicing that stuff longer than COVID-19 has been a topic. I just think it's a good thing to do because you never really know what people do with their hands. I mean, guys know you go to the gym or you're in a restaurant or somewhere and you see guys come in and take care of their business and walk right out. And invariably, they may end up shaking hands with somebody. That ain't good. Takes you, what, 30 seconds to stop over by the faucet and you know run some soap and water over your hands and make sure you're legit before you go back out there? Well, unfortunately now... People are being forced to do it, but I'm guaranteeing you there are a lot of people who've ignored it and still don't do it. So you take care of yourself out there. You know, don't don't be reckless, but don't be stupid either. So just uh, a word of caution from somebody looking out for you and me, by the way. So listen, I'll give you the social media stuff at the end of the show after we talk with Jonathan Holloway. And man, I got some news about something a few days ago that I can't wait to share with you. It's pretty awesome. Pretty big news for the Clay Young Show. You'll be hearing that in fairly short order. So, COVID-19. What really is going on and what can we do about it? Let's ask George Bell. Podcast225.com Podcasts have become a great way to get radio on demand. If you've wanted your own podcast, the time to call us is now. This year, Podcast 225 will be launching new shows and yours can be one of them. You won't have to build your own website and you'll be able to use professional broadcast equipment that will make your show sound amazing. If you'd like to know more, call 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Be a part of the on-demand audio movement today. This is Jeff LaDuff, retired chief of police for the city of Baton Rouge. I'm Kelly LaDuff, co-owner of Open Eyes Safety Training and Consulting. Open Eyes is focused on providing quality safety solutions that give businesses and employees the skill set needed to recognize and react to dangerous situations. On a daily basis, we hear yet another story of workplace violence or active shooter. Open Eyes offers a unique approach to keeping you and your businesses safe through site analysis, technology recommendations, policy review, and employee training. To set up a consultation for your business, call us today at 225-313-9713 or visit us at our website at openeyesafetytraining.com. We say keep open eyes because 10% of our population cause 90% of our problems. See them before they see you. The issues, the policies, the people. This is The Clay Young Show. <laughs> you like this? Oh, you've got me right at home, man. <laughs> Not bad, right? Not bad at all. Back with George Bell, the chief executive officer of the Capital Area United Way. He knows a little something about music, too. But more importantly, he knows about running a fantastic, stellar organization that serves the greater Baton Rouge region and... Um, Man, I I sent George a text last evening saying that our interview is timely because of what's going on right now, man. It sure is. Uh, We saw each other last at the uh, governor's prayer breakfast Mm -hmm. a couple of days ago. It was a great event. The speaker was... Oh, wow. Yeah, I've been to several of those uh, prayer breakfasts, and that one really was just stood out. The speaker was, was impeccable. I mean, he delivered a message that was so right for the time. 
Yeah, um, and the memory, his memory. Oh, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. So before we talk about, because we were scheduled to have a conversation today about the United Way and talk about the work that's being done around the country, but specifically in the greater Baton Rouge region, mm-hmm. obviously COVID-19 is, is, is a big, big topic of discussion, the coronavirus it is. right now. And I saw yesterday that you and your team are preparing for response to this in whatever way it's going to go. Could you update us on that? Well, sure. And, and Clay, it's, it's, uh, it's preparing for uh, the impact of a, uh, uh, both on the economy and, and the things that are, are happening, as well as an uptick in potential need uh, as a result of this, this prolonged uh, disruption mm-hmm. to, to the normal way folks are accustomed to doing things. Uh, but let me just back up first and, and say this. Um, I so appreciate you and what you do <laughs> and your service uh, to uh, Capital Area United Way. You know, Proud to be a board member. He has come on as a board member, and Clay has really uh, just just rolled his sleeves up and, and has contributed in a way that I uh, greatly appreciate, and that is making a difference. Thank you, so my friend. Thank you. Thank you for that. I didn't want to. <laughs> I didn't want to skip over that. I appreciate you saying that. So the work of United Way. I mean, we are a an organization that is hyper focused on the local needs of our communities, mm-hmm. and we service a ten parish area. But uh, our need and the need for what we do really spikes in a time of of need and uh, disaster, as sure. we found uh, back in 2016 when the. Uh, the great flood of 2016 Correct. hit our area. This is, is uh, in some ways uh, uh, very much like that, but in a lot of ways it's so different from that kind of uh, uh, disaster and okay. that kind of event. And I'll tell you why. Number one, we're dealing with something that uh, for the most part is unprecedented as far as uh, its, its impact that is the, the this disease, this mm-hmm. uh, coronavirus, and and its potential for uh, greatly disrupting uh, the uh, the healthcare uh, of of our community. Yeah. Now, a lot of what's being done and proposed is is to uh, preempt the rapid spread of this disease. So a lot of folks are being asked to, uh, you know, to take personal responsibility, and organizations are asked to. Uh, to uh, curtail their uh, gathering and, and social uh, interaction. So, so for from that standpoint, there there isn't a whole lot we can do as an organization. Uh, but one of the things that I've challenged my team to look at is, okay, what happens if or when schools uh, decide to close, especially you know elementary schools, high schools. We have such a high percentage of our uh, students in in our communities that rely on free lunch that this could present a problem. Mm -hmm. This could pose a problem for families that um, aren't prepared uh, or don't have the means to provide uh, healthy meal Mm -hmm. choices for their, their kids that are out of school. So that's one thought. We haven't figured that out yet, but we're we're asking ourselves the questions and what would be needed and who who do we need to convene to have that discussion. So that that's underway. Um, the other thing that we're looking at is, uh, you know, this could be a, a represent a di- disruption in people's earnings and their income. Absolutely, and that's the kind of thing that uh, 
that concerns me mm-hmm. on, on a couple of fronts. One, you know, much of the work we do is dependent upon employees that that decide to give us uh, a portion of their um, income mm-hmm. uh, through payroll deduction. Right. So if their work or their income is disrupted in any way, then that could uh, bring about a reduction in in what we collect. Right. The other challenge is we're uh, just wrapping up our campaign for the 2019-2020 season. Uh, the end of this month will we'll represent the, the end of that. But there there are folks that have made commitments to us, uh, and, and we've started those commitments. And if they decide, uh, or if the decision is made to do a uh, downsizing or what mm-hmm. have you as a result of the lack of business, then that could in, uh, impact our future budgeting opportunities as well as it could impact future campaign uh, uh, opportunities. So all of those things are, are things we, we don't take for granted. We uh, try to plan and anticipate, um, you know, certainly worst-case scenarios, but we also try and do what we can to mitigate any of those, those issues affecting us. Yeah. People don't know yet what to expect from this. I mean, people are still learning what it does to you if you get it. Exactly. And so I think that's one of the major areas that have to be dealt with publicly is informing the public what this is. Yeah. They know it's this big thing and people are throwing around words like pandemic. Yeah. But as we were talking before we came on, it, the, it could be subtle but yeah. have a very drastic result at the in the end if you ignore it. Exactly, and 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 really, what they're finding is that the the for the the vast majority of the folks out there, they, they can have it and not even know they have it, and, right. and you know be done with it. But the the fact that it's so contagious that it it can spread uh, easier than than other conditions that we uh, have found and that there's no real treatment or cure for it Mm -hmm. or vaccine for it that's what makes it scary because you know if if an asymptomatic person who feels you know doesn't feel bad or anything uh continues to go through their normal uh you know uh, cycle of of uh contacts and what have you yeah they could be spreading it without even knowing it. Right. And that's what's what's so risky. And it's so amazing because of the people who will say, well, I've never I've not been out of the country in the last year or whatever. But you don't know who you come in contact with exactly. who has. Exactly. People, you know, move around regularly. I mean, you're in grocery stores or exactly. in the mall or wherever. So going back to something you said earlier for people, and this is this goes to the crux of why the United Way is so important. If someone wants to know what they do, like as you stockpile supplies and perishables and Mm non-perishables when things happen, what information should people keep in their minds about what you just said in the event that it gets really bad here? Well, I I would first say uh, there are credible, reliable sources for up-to-date information about the 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 disease, its impact, and how we need to govern ourselves uh, with regard to that. Okay. The the uh, the CDC, the Centers for Disease uh, uh, Control. Control. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, certainly our authorities at the federal, state, and mm-hmm. local levels. Uh, we we always want to be um, uh, in tune to what they're saying 
and and what the latest updates are with regard to that. Yeah. Now that said, there are other areas of uh, information that could be useful, and one of the things that I'm real proud of is that the fact the fact that uh, our uh, Louisiana or United Way 211 line mm-hmm. can be a resource for information around yeah. those things. Yeah. And we are, uh, we have been capturing and verifying information that will be helpful to folks uh, as this thing progresses. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the kind of, you know, role that United Way has found to be effective. Uh, especially, you know, following the flood, we yeah. learned how valuable that, that, uh, information line was because not every not everyone has access to um, television or yeah. things like that in, yeah. in a true emergency so having a an outlet where you can call those three numbers 211 and and ask about information about resources that are available ask about uh, sites uh, where uh, food may be uh, available or distributed those are the kinds of things we're going to be um, uh, gathering, and it's going to be specific to the communities that mm-hmm. we serve. Mm-hmm. So you can call and give your zip code and have information that pertains to whatever that need is. If it's available, we'll have it uh, to uh, provide to the you audience. Know, last evening, I was watching, and, and as we record this, this is the the, the afternoon after president the president spoke about what was going to happen, and then... The NBA, in fairly short order after that, can't or suspended its season. Yeah. And I got to see the video of Mark Cuban getting the news. I don't know if you saw that video. I did not see that. I, I saw it. Like, somebody handed him a phone with, I, I don't know if it was an email or something. But he said, you know, this really isn't about basketball. It's about life and death. And he was worried about the hourly workers who are in the arenas or who work with the organizations who travel around who are not making $30 million a year like some of these players. So you said earlier, people who may have wage disruptions because their businesses either have to close or about to have their, their profit line irreparably disrupted by this. If they're hearing this now and they're wondering, okay, could he talk more of how that applies to me? Could you do that? Exactly. And that's, that's, we do that right now. I mean, two one one is available to match uh, our community and individuals in in our community who have needs with the resources that are available to to uh, support them, and they can call two one one and get information. You know, they can say, "Where can I go to find, uh, uh, you know, rental assistance? Mm-hmm. Where can I go to find, uh, you know, food pantries? Uh, information like that." That's what two one one is there for. So. Uh, in normal circumstances, it, it, it fills that void, but especially during a time like this mm-hmm. when the demand for those services will spike, uh, it, it uh, is an excellent uh, way to navigate that. And, and Clay, the, 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 the important thing here is that many of these folks have never had to, to experience Correct. Need, you know, that kind of need. So this could be pretty daunting to them if they're not um, – uh, versed in navigating mm-hmm. all those different uh, uh, nonprofits or, or resources or agencies or things, so calling having a resource like two one one is a is a valuable uh, uh, benefit to them to to just be able to talk through what their needs are. Mm-hmm. And and the other thing I like about two one one is 
even though they may have a particular need, the fact that you know they're calling a resource that that has a broad um, broad knowledge about other services, correct? We can recommend other services that um, they may have a need for that they didn't even know right. were available. Well, you think about this, George, and you roll it forward. Mm-hmm. You're talking about restricting human contact. Yeah. Now, everybody should think about what that means. Humans handle food that is prepared, boxed, and transported to grocery stores. Mm-hmm. Humans are doing an interacting way, dealing with electricity and, and, and all of these things that we don't think about because somebody else is doing it. If you're restricting a part of the country that may have this, that, uh, that handles where most of the bread or, or you know, most of the beef or whatever comes from, or let's say there's something a, a around New Orleans, the, the Louisiana feeds the world because yeah. most of the, the, the food comes up you know, into America through the port. Yep. And so it's a big deal. And, th- and that's why I think you have to take it seriously if you're telling people you, you've got to stay home. And in rural communities where it's 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 a hike to go yeah. get a loaf of bread. Yeah. And that's one of the things about the 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 capital area united way. I like to think about it this way. It's like having a fire extinguisher in your home. Mm-hmm. You hope you never have to use it, mm-hmm. but you cannot be in that house without it. Right. And that's how united way functions. So when you're thinking about why do I give? It's because in the last 20 years, just think about the last 20 years, what Louisiana and specifically the capital region has dealt with and how present you have had to be. I mean, just three years ago or four years ago uh, with 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 the great flood. And of course, we've had Gustav uh, and 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 Katrina three years before that. And I mean, you've got the credibility and I want to you don't often George doesn't talk about himself and and in that way. But you and the organization have the credibility in a time where people are so concerned about giving because they're worried about where the money is going. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. I mean, if, if, if there's nothing else that people take away from this, I want them to, to, to leave with this. And that is, you know, there are a lot of places for people to invest, mm-hmm. to, to give. Uh, and, and by no means am I trying to discourage anyone from giving to the causes sure. that, that are near and dear to them. But, Every community needs to have a an organization that is uh, uh, that looks at the bigger picture, that mm-hmm. looks at um, need not from a specific lane, but from the entire uh, uh, scope of what uh, need looks like and yeah. what the root co- causes of uh, some of these complex problems that we face are. And what we try to do is through working with. Uh, corporate partners through working with volunteers, we try to come up with the appropriate response to address those root cause issues, mm-hmm. and it's done in a way that is uh, don't not, not, uh, that is volunteer driven. Yeah. So when when you get people in the room, provide them with uh, data that that shows where those root cause issues are. Mm-hmm good things can come about Absolutely. And, and then you're able to align the resources that are available, meaning the, the many nonprofit organizations out there that are doing good work in their respective lanes. But when you pull them together and, and focus their attention on specific areas, that's where you can, can make meaningful change. And, and I love that about United Way. I love our ability to convene 
and and uh, bring together people uh, from all walks of life, yeah. really, and and get them focused on the the issues that are near and dear to our community and improving our community. It's it's amazing over time how we forget about disruptions in regular life because you just kind of you move forward. Yeah, and here this thing comes around again, and it it really puts in perspective how. There are so many Americans who day to day depend on being able to go to work yep. because they're so close to the edge. There is there is a study, the Alice. Let's talk about Alice and tell people what Alice is. And if you haven't, once George tells you about this, it's definitely worth Googling and looking up and learning more about it. It's, it's a piece of analysis that's fascinating. But let's talk about that. Well, Clay, that's a great segue. And uh, there's a reason you're doing this because you're, <laughs> you're good at, at, at teeing this stuff up. So ALICE is an acronym that stands for Asset Limited, Income Constrained, and Employed. Mm -hmm. So there are a group of uh, workers out there, there are a group of um, uh, members of our community who, uh, by definition, live paycheck to paycheck. Right. They are hardworking. They show up. We go to church with them. We interact with them every day. But when you look at their situation, uh, they are one paycheck away from poverty. They may be one car repair away from poverty. They may be one missed rent payment away from poverty uh, and potentially homelessness. And, and they may be, um, you know, one sick child away from poverty. And, and when you look at the way social services have been uh, organized and focused in the past, the emphasis used to be solely on uh, those folks that were actually in poverty. Mm -hmm. Government programs, things like that, very little emphasis and focus was on those uh, individuals who are working and, are, or, and earn more than the poverty level. Right. So this research was done, uh, which was done by Rutgers University, was done to, to shed light on that segment of the population mm -hmm. and the focus. And, and it looks at, you know, the cost, the basic cost for basic needs in a, in a community. And it looks at each community and, and comes up with what that level is. And then it looks at what people make, what people earn. And what they found was that um, there is a high percentage of folks who don't make enough uh, to cover the basic needs. Mm -hmm. now, I'm not talking about luxuries. I'm talking right. about basic needs uh, that a, a household would need to cover. So in our area, in, in our uh, greater Baton Rouge area, 45% of our households are what we call Alice. 45%. Almost one out of two households is struggling and, and living paycheck to paycheck. Now think about that. What George said a second ago, you're, you're because all of the emphasis on the poor mm -hmm. and the phrase the working poor, which which has been around for a long time. Right. This is a, a whole demographic of people that doesn't always always get the attention. That's correct. And you're saying 45 percent. Is that Baton Rouge or greater Baton Rouge? That's the our 10 parish area. If you look at East Baton Rouge Parish, it's 47 percent. Yeah, it's slightly higher. So so it really you know, we wow. have used this this research and shared the findings, uh, which which is from 2016. Mm -hmm. So it it takes into account the flood mm -hmm. um, and 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 kind of the aftermath of the flood. 
So, so it really uh, opens everyone's eyes as to the magnitude of this challenge. Mm-hmm. Now, what can we do about it? Well, we went through our last, uh, our most recent funding cycles, both program funding and project funding, and we asked the question, what can we, how can we help these nonprofit organizations focus their attention on uh, addressing the needs of the Alice population? Mm-hmm. And we came away with a set of criteria that allows us to measure the impact that all these programs have on the Alice population. And those that, that demonstrated that they can have a, a, a positive impact on that population, well, we, we uh, weighed those and gave those uh, folks additional credit. And it, it's, it's one way that we can, by using this data, uh, drive and improve the, the condition of those households. Define having an impact. So the, the, the whole notion behind doing this work is, um, you know, you can, you, you can have a, an organization that is doing wonderful work and, and doing things, but at the end of the day, is the population that you're targeting better off than they were before, mm-hmm. and are you providing uh, uh, services to a broader uh, group of individuals or households, as opposed to just serving a few? And and impact to us means uh, having the the depth and breadth of of uh, uh, impact on a larger segment of the population, as well as providing measurable results that demonstrate that we're making a difference. Mm-hmm. We had to go to a model like that, that that allowed us to be able to measure the, uh, the performance of the uh, programs and organizations that we were funding. And that really has uh, increased and enhanced our accountability. Yeah. 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 I think for people listening to this and learning something, it is, it's great to go read about this because you never think about that. And if one, and this is an example of a disruption that will wash over many of those households that if they have to have to miss paychecks, right. it, it's going to set them back. And it's not your setback one paycheck because bills keep coming and right. you know necessities keep you know, popping up. And it's amazing. If people want to learn more about the work of the United Way, or more importantly, if you want to get involved, how can they find out about doing that? Uh, CAUW.org, Capital Area United Way. Uh, just go to our website. Um, there are uh, resources there. There's information there that talks about the work of United Way, talks about our funded partners and the work that we're doing. And more importantly, it talks about uh, how you can uh, help uh, become a member or a, uh, a uh, supporter of United Way. And it's not just through money. It's, you know, we, we have a three, three-prong approach to uh, engagement. That is, you can uh, certainly volunteer. Uh, we have uh, numerous opportunities for mm-hmm. you to volunteer your services. And, and I tell people all the time, find something you're passionate about and, and pursue that as, as a volunteer opportunity. Number two, uh, you can advocate on our behalf. Uh, if you know of someone who has uh, been uh, supported by a, a United Way organization or uh, United Way uh, grant, uh, recipient, just just uh, 
pass that on. I mean, a lot of folks, a lot of the work we do is done through other organizations, mm-hmm. and a lot of folks don't realize that our fingerprints are all over right. uh, some of these these programs and organizations. So uh, certainly we appreciate your advocacy on our behalf. And then last but certainly not not uh, uh, least important is uh, the um, donations. Yeah. You know, we rely on uh, – it's hard for us to make a difference without having the resources to – to invest and to, to carry on the work we're doing. Yep. Clay, there's one other area. We talked about the Alice population. I want to make sure that I get this in too. Sure. So one of the best ways I've found that that we, that Capital Area United Way supports uh, our Alice population mm-hmm. is through our Volunteer Income Tax Assistance Program. Yeah, let's talk about that because we're in that season we right now. We are in the ta- tax season. And for many people, you know, getting a tax refund at the end of the year is is probably one of the number one ways they they can, uh, uh, you know, move forward and, yeah. and dig themselves out of some situations. Yeah. So we have for the last ten years, I want to say, uh, we have been uh, the major uh, sponsor of the Volunteer Income Tax Assistance Program. Yeah. And what it does is it, it, it we recruit volunteers, work with the IRS and with corporate partners like Energy, and we pull together uh, a team of folks who provide professional, free tax preparation for uh, members of our community and that, that are in the Alice uh, category. And uh, so they get to have their taxes prof- professionally prepared. Um, they can do it without, you know, spending the, 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 the fees and the, the money that usually comes along with having it done by some of these other uh, firms. They also get out of the trap of, um, you know, with electronic filing and everything, they can usually get their money pretty fast. Yeah, A lot of folks go out and, and get these advance uh refunds where they 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 get loans against mm-hmm. their refunds and ended ending up paying upside a portion. down yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah paying interest on that so this allows them to get all of that money it allows them to keep whatever money they would have paid for the preparation and that's the kind of thing and and also we're good these folks are trained at helping uh the the tax uh filers uh, or determining whether they qualify for the earned income tax credit. Mm-hmm. And if they qualify for that, then that can increase the level of their, their, uh, uh, their refund uh, mm-hmm. considerably. So it's just a win-win all the way around, and that's the kind of uh, benefit we make available. Last year we did over 7,000 tax re- returns, wow. which which generated over $9 million of refunds that were returned back to this community. So it's it's just a wonderful uh, program that we enjoy uh, providing. You can find out, if, if you're interested, you can contact 211, and we can actually get you scheduled. Uh, we have over 20 sites in, the, in and around the the. Uh, greater baton rouge area and you can you can uh, get your uh, taxes uh you can schedule an appointment to have your taxes prepared and this is something if you manage people or if you own a business and you want your staff or people to know about it's something you can share if you're saying well that doesn't affect me well you know someone who maybe runs a company or manages people who do have 
people who could uh, who could benefit from this. And as George said, some of the the predator companies that come along and give you a loan against the refund, you get the check back, and not only do they absorb that, but you end up owing them money. And you hear you read these stories. I mean, they pop up in news all over the country. So this is great. Two one one is an asset. And if you had to leave the listening public, those who know about the United Way and those who don't, with a thought about where the organization is headed and its impact to this region from your perspective, what would you say? Well, I think we've found our sweet spot uh, with regard to um, where we are uh, and and where we fit in. Uh, United Way is, I believe, an organization that is looked to as a, a convener of um, uh, of other uh, nonprofits and organizations. So we look to as leaders to, that, that can help uh, mobilize both volunteers and resources to help address some of these issues and challenges that we face as a community. So that's one area. The other thing I'll say is that, that um, you know, we are very data-driven. Mm-hmm. So we are always looking uh, for best practices and looking for evidence-based uh, programs that are proven and tried so that uh, as we identify a need, we're looking for ways to deploy those resources to address those needs. Um, that to me is, is, is as important as, as uh, having the resources because mm-hmm. when you have limited resources, you have to make every dollar count. Mm-hmm. And our ability to, to not just raise money but to leverage those dollars uh, and, and through volunteers, through partnerships, through collaboration, collaborative efforts, that to me is what's going to help um, accelerate our ability to, to impact change in this community. The Capital Area United Way, my buddy George Bell, a fantastic guy, but you've heard that for yourself. Thanks for being in, brother. Thank you, Clay. <laughs> Thank you for what you do, too, Thank man. You, brother. All righty. Hi, this is Mayor Sharon Weston-Broom inviting you to listen to the We BR podcast, an initiative of my Women's Advancement Commission. Our show will air the first and third Wednesday of each month. We invite you to listen to our podcast by visiting www.podcast225.com. That's www.podcast225.com and by subscribing through the Apple Podcast app. That's We Be Our Podcast. Clay Young here with John Conroy, the founder and owner of Pest Stop, your do-it-yourself pest control solution. John, we have known for years the damage caused by termites in this part of the country, and the season's about to begin again, so it's time for prevention. Yes, it really is. Mm -hmm. And actually, uh, in the next couple of weeks with the warmer weather, you may start seeing signs of winged termites flying okay. in your home. Swarming. Swarming. These are these are subterraneans. These are not the Formosans. You'll notice pinholes in your sheetrock. But mm-hmm. the first thing you want to do is go outside and find the tunnels along the side of the home. Okay. If you find that, you need to come see us. We carry the exact same products that professionals right. use. And these are soil barrier treatments right. that'll last 10 years. And you can do it yourself and save money. Excellent. So if you're in the New Orleans area, where can I get this stuff? Well, come by and see us in Metairie. We're located at 3512 Severn Avenue next to the Pepper Mill. On the North Shore, we're at 1417 North Highway 190. That's in the same shopping center as Villery Florist and Sherwin-Williams. And on the West Bank, we're on the Palco just past the Harvey Bridge. That's New Orleans. What about the capital city area? 
Well, and Baton Rouge, we're located at 806 O'Neill Lane. That's about a block south of Owen Hammond Highway. Or give us a call at 273-4788 if you have any questions. Don't get caught unprepared. Use what the pros use by going to Pest Stop on O'Neill Lane. The most important issues facing our state and our region. The Clay Young Show on Podcast225.com. Back with Jonathan Holloway, who is a candidate for city court judge here in Baton Rouge. It's Division C, as in Charlie. I've known Jonathan for nearly 20 years. He is an attorney here, an exceptional guy, and he's going to be the reason my email is blowing up as people are asking to come on and talk as they are running for office. But uh, but I don't know. We'll see about that. But Jonathan's here now. How are you, my friend? I'm well. How are you? So you are... You're doing this now. I ask everybody who comes in, especially friends of mine, this one question. Why are you doing this? Well, you know, Clay, um, there was a question once asked to a politician. Why do you want this job? Uh-huh. And the politician replied, I don't want the job. And in my case, I want to be judge. Right. Being judge is a very, very important undertaking. It's not just sitting on the bench and, as some people say, calling strikes. Clay, it's much more than that. Okay. And I'll give you an example. Okay. People probably don't know. Like Mike a little bit closer okay, to you. sure. Folks probably don't, un- don't really contemplate if they're ever going to jail. Mm-hmm. But if you do, for whatever reason, a judge is a very important component in the chain of custody. Right. You have the, the warden who takes care of the jail, in this case the sheriff. Mm-hmm. And then you have the transporter or the security uh, version of it, which is the sheriff sometime or the constable. Mm-hmm. Now, in Baton Rouge City Court, it'll be the constable. Right. But once you get to that courtroom, you're in the judge's custody. Right. So it's a very important component. That's one area of concern for me that um, I, I want to know a little more about once I become judge mm-hmm. and be able to understand those processes and be intricately involved, visit the prison regularly, uh, just to know I'm on the same page because I want us to all make sure that when anyone's um, in the custody of uh, the state, mm-hmm. for example, that that person, their loved ones, will feel that they are protected, yeah. and that they're safe, and yeah. that they're free from injury. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. For city court judge, and, and you said it earlier, you referenced it, the, the average person doesn't encounter you in a professional capacity as a city court judge, and I'm right. sure they're happy with that. But if they're wondering what falls under the purview of that bench, what is it? Right, well, city court is a court of limited jurisdiction, Clay. Um, civil matters uh, can't go over a certain dollar amount. Yeah. You're going to hear misdemeanor uh, criminal issues. There are some DUIs that go there. Mm-hmm. Um, you have small claims yeah. and things like that. Uh, contrast, district courts, you know, you can get multi-million dollar judgments. You've got a criminal bench that deals with felonies. Yeah. So city court, I refer to it as the people's court. Yeah. Because this is the one, if you get a, a, a traffic ticket, and you can go to ni- the 19th JDC as well. Mm-hmm. But... Typically, your traffic ticket from BRPD, mm-hmm. you're going to come over to city court. Right. So I refer to it as the people's court because this is the court that most people are going to encounter. Mm-hmm. If they encounter a court at all, this will be the one. Yeah. And you've, been, you, you, you've got a law degree from Southern University. You've practiced law for a number of years. You've been in the community a number of years. Yes. What do you think, as shoot as candid here, what do you think the perception of judges are in, in, in this community because you, you do so much around here. Well, I can tell you, my perception is that very good. Mm-hmm. Um, all the judges that I've been before, whether it's in federal court, uh, state court, or Baton Rouge City Court, 
the judges, um, they are prepared, mm -hmm. um, very respectable, uh, ready to do the job. So I have a great impression of the judge, judges. So I would think that that's also with the general public as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things that's happening now, and, and obviously as a candidate for judge, politics has to be at a minimum because you're an arbiter of, of the law. Right. And, and you talked about the responsibilities you have. Mm -hmm. But there are aspects to... 2020 and and the processes that I'd love your perspective on. For instance, a young man it, it, it goes to prison. He comes out um, and he's trying to re reinsert himself into the into the community. And obviously, depending on what that is, it, it's going to be different. If you're in front of a group that's talking about how that works, reentry programs that work that are reputable, what what would be your position on that? Well, let me just be clear here. Uh, since Baton Rouge City Court doesn't deal with felonies, mm -hmm. we won't have too much uh, involvement with it's, the It's not necessarily under you, but, right. but, but as, a, as, as a judge, mm -hmm. people respect your, your opinion okay. on this. And, okay. and as, an, as, a, as a seasoned credentialed attorney, yeah. obviously you have an opinion on it. Well, Clay, what we can do better to re, to, to, for reentry, mm -hmm. well, job preparation while you're in prison. Um, get your education while you're in prison. Um, you know, you see a lot of people focusing on, well, you know, we can use prisoners for free labor. No, we should be using the, the time for them to rehabilitate them, rehabilitate themselves like they should. So they're prepped when they come out. You be, you're ready education-wise. Mm -hmm. You're ready for a trade. You're ready for whatever it is for reentry, mm -hmm. so that you can make that transition smoothly. What are reasons people should choose you over the other people running against you? Well, definitely experience. Uh, my view. Um, I don't see myself as just going, put on a black robe and being a judge. Mm -hmm. Clay, I'm going to be very involved. I'm going to go visit schools. I'm going to read. I'm going to do whatever I can. I've tried to convince my wife, let's adopt a child. Because <laughs> we only have one daughter. We've got three boys and one. And she's like, they're all grown now. So I was like, well, what better way to give back than to just adopt one more, adopt a child? How's that working out for you? Uh, she's, she's thinking about it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but no, I'm not, I'm not going to just be on that bench. Right. I'm going to spend time in the schools. Yeah. I would hope that they would invite me to talk. Mm -hmm. I don't want to give a speech. I want to talk. And I want to listen. And I want to talk. I, I want Are you doing some of that stuff now? I have. I've done yeah, that before. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, we have a, a, I mean, my, my children have just gone on to college. Sure. So we've been being parents as well. Mm -hmm. But it's now that they're going on to college, it's, it's my time to share that yeah. with other people. Yeah. So beyond my education and my experience as a lawyer, mm -hmm. um, I really want to give more to the community. And as a judge, uh, the reception would be just as great as me being a lawyer in the classroom, yeah. something that the children can look up to um, and, and emulate. You know, you get your response here has been pretty good with your candidacy and, yes. and the way people. Have, what do you think about that? I mean, it's people typically when it comes to a judge's race, it's so different because, again, it's it's normally void of politics. But boring. Yeah. What, well, <laughs> <laughs> but nowadays boring doesn't look so bad. But, but, but your response to your response, I guess. Well, I mean, my reception has been well. I've put in the work, Clay. Yeah. Um, so I'm not a stranger to people. Yeah. Um, I can't speak with other candidates. Um, I would only speak well of them if I had an opportunity to do yeah. so. Yeah. Um, but my campaign is different. I've put the work in. Um, we once had a governor who gave me an opportunity, which really propelled my career. Mm -hmm. Was able to, you know, do some good things under Governor Blanco. Yeah. 
So I've put the work in, Clay, and I'm prepared and ready to do this. How can people learn more about your campaign? Well, we have a Facebook page. Uh, it's Jonathan Holloway for City Court Judge. Or you can follow me on Instagram at JH at Law. It's a public page that we just put together for the campaign. I didn't do a website for this one, Clay. Yeah. Because I want to I want I want to reach out and touch people. Yeah, more. people will come to you on social media. Let, yeah. And tell the truth, you didn't set up that Instagram page. One of you one of your younger team no, members. I actually did. did I, you set I, it up? Yes. <laughs> Instagram is it's something else, but yeah, Facebook owns it now, so it's a right. different thing. So one more time, people, how, where, where can people get you on social? Facebook, Jonathan Holloway for City Court Judge, and Instagram, JH at Law, and that's a public page, and you can see some photographs, and we'll be posting some more things because we're getting closer to the election. We've got more people to meet, yeah. things to do, but you can also call... <laughs> Call me at 225-922-4282, and I'll answer your questions. You know, I told you that 20 years ago one time. You gave out your number for something, but that's a story for another day. Thank you for coming by, man. Thank you. The only interactive podcast in the capital city that lets you help solve a crime. There was a shooting. Okay, is someone shot? Yes, someone is shot. The Crime Stoppers Podcast with Clay Young. Just some suspicious people running through the parking lot before real stories it was my first love real crimes real people real justice the crime stoppers podcast with clay young exclusively at podcast 225.com promote your business or organization on podcast 225.com podcast 225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for louisiana listeners every month thousands hear the weekly clay young show Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Here we go. Here we go. This is The Clay Young Show. Another good show with a lot of great information in it, right? Learned about Alice and the work being done by the Capital Area United Way, as well as hearing from Jonathan Holloway, a candidate for judge here in Louisiana's capital city. So I teased right before we started segment one, the the interview segment about some news that's coming to podcast225.com. I promise in pretty short order, I'm going to tell you about that. And it's pretty big. No lie. You know, when we've said we had something big coming, we hadn't been making it up. If you recall, one of the last ones was about the Crime Stoppers podcast that you heard a promo about in the show. The Crime Stoppers podcast is something I am very, very proud of. And I hope that you enjoy it and learn a lot about what's happening here in the way of law enforcement. And when one of these cases comes up, if you hear something, if you're in the region, that you may say something that could bring some justice and a lot of peace to some of the families of these victims. All right. So a couple of things I have been saying for weeks about leaving us a review or when you if you're an Apple podcast app user and you are getting the shows and listening to the shows we tell you all the time to hey look we ask that you would leave us a review and a rating there because it does help with prioritizing our show among the shows that apple has they've got some really big deal podcasts with really famous people doing 
great jobs at podcasts. And, and while I don't see myself on the level of, of, of many of those people, we have a pretty good following. And I always encourage people to just, you know, tell people about us, share the wealth, share it on social media. But if you're there and you want to leave us a review, we truly do appreciate it because it helps Apple know that you guys are listening and you're out there. And I've had everything from uh, reviews like J Air Force One saying thank you for diving into such necessary topics locally and such fascinating topics nationally. And there are a few others on here as well. I saw one for the the podcast, uh, the Crime Stoppers podcast recently here that was really, really good. And I mean, we're trying to tell a story with that. Let me see if I can, if I can get it here to pop up. Probably should have had that up a second ago so I didn't have to take so much time trying to look for it here. Our review I saw... This few days ago, great podcast, grew up in BR, Baton Rouge, live in Baton Rouge, and would love to see the community come together when crime happens. So thank you so much, C.G. Anderson. And guys, I appreciate it. Got emails about the show with Nick Tullier's father, father, James, who was on with us last week, talking about his son being threatened and just crazy that that would happen if you haven't go back in the archives it's the most recent show and listen to some of the threats against nick and you know we had detective tom lang on a few weeks ago talking about oj 25 and the episode the most recent episode before the upcoming one featured detective lang on the witness stand and it was pretty fascinating he's being cross-examined by johnny cochran and that right there was good television so if you haven't checked out OJ25, I encourage it. Simpson's out there. He's on Twitter, not talking about the, the murderer. I think he's still looking for the real killer. Yep. And with that, we'll see you next time on the Clay Young Show here on podcast225.com. Don't forget, on Instagram, Clay underscore Young BR. On Twitter, at Clay Young BR. And on Facebook, just Clay Young. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks again, George and Jonathan. We'll see you next time here at podcast225.com. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.